the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, episode 29. Welcome to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, where the philosophy is free, but the food is on you. Hello everybody, Dan Reed here, the Culinary Libertarian. Welcome to the show, happy to have you here, happy to be here. Please do head over to my podcasts page, culinarylibertarian.com slash podcasts, and follow me in my Eating Liberty Facebook group, where we sometimes have zesty food chats and sometimes just chit-chats, uh, and there's a couple of chefs in there just to talk up food. You can also get updates about my podcast and support the show with my Patreon link also on the podcast page. I do have several preset levels for donations or you can pick your own level. Also, please rate, find, and leave a positive review for the show on your favorite podcatcher. The more reviews the show gets, the higher it moves up in the rankings and the more people can find it. And the more people who find it means more people can get cooking. Lastly, please do share the show on social media with your friends and in your groups and let them know that the Culinary Libertarian Podcast is here. I have entered the realm of ebook authors. Woohoo! You can pick up your copy of my Foolproof Muffin Recipes e-cookbook by giving me an email address or you can purchase a Kindle version from Amazon. Find both links also on the podcast's page. Today my guest is Amber Hall. Amber is a full-time teacher and a full-time mom and knows a thing or two about cooking challenges for a family. We discuss how a toddler can impact both shopping and eating choices, as well as how she manages to cook, prep, clean, and remain sane through it all. Amber also operates the LowCarbQuick.com blog, and you can find a link to her blog on today's show notes page, culinarylibertarian.com slash 29. Good morning, Amber. Hi, how are you? Fabulous. Thank you very much for joining me, and at least <laughs> morning for me. Yes, morning for you. <laughs> All right, so before we dive in here, let's, uh, you and I, we've communicated a little bit on a Facebook blogging group. So just uh, give us a little bit of a background so that we know you're a blogger, but tell us about you and tell us about being a mom who cooks. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, I cook daily. Um, takes up quite a you know a chunk of my time but um it is worth it and I've been a mommy for two and a half years um teacher for 10 years I teach design and modeling and robotics at the middle school level so I have a full plate with a toddler and all that happening um plus the blog <laughs> now so um, it's been interesting. Well, I do know that if you let it, a blog can just consume you. So I know that that's hard. We initially agreed to talk about cooking as a full-time working parent uh, and then trying to you know, come home from work. You don't really have a lot of window of opportunity to get something on the table. So we wanted to talk a little bit about ways that that's accomplished. But 
before we get into that, I want to talk just a bit about an article that I did send you a link to. We're recording this on April 4th. So this came out, I saw it yesterday. Uh, it was an article about getting more government involved in children's nutrition up and maybe even into the prenatal stage, which just doesn't sound very good. So I'm very skeptical of their claims that the, uh, the statements that uh, damages their word done to toddlers or infants with poor diet choices are dooming this child to a life of obesity or diabetes or, or worse. Uh, that certainly is an effective scare tactic to make people respond in the way that the the information wants, the writers of the information want. And so that's another topic all by itself. I think that that's actually highly irresponsible to make that scary statement and then say, but by the way, the government has the answer. I don't trust that. Let's just keep it right now from a nutrition standpoint as a teacher. Now, I don't know how it is where you are, but in my schools, they the, the kids have access to a free breakfast and obviously free lunch if they qualify. The breakfasts here in Oregon are various forms of processed sugar. So um, I'm not thrilled about that. So where you are as a teacher, uh, so obviously that's what you're seeing. Yeah, yes, correct. What do you see happening with the children and their attentiveness and other things as they're consuming these packets of processed sugars? What's what's going on? Um, I see, you know, breakfast pizza, of course, and, you know, lots and lots of carbs. It's just carbs on top of carbs. But, you know, that's from my standpoint, my dietary guidelines that I go, you know, that I look at. Um, all I'm seeing is carbs right now. But, um, yeah, I mean, like – I remember the food pyramid and, you know, all the, all of the carbs at the bottom, we're still not kind of away from that way of thinking. Um, you know, we do have the posters where it's like pick three, you know, veggies or fruits, uh, to go with your lunch. And they kind of make the kids, um, choose at least, you know, one veggie and one fruit going through, but, you know, they can of course get extras and, you know, the kids don't really pay attention to the apple and they just eat the pizza and, you know, that sort of thing's happening. Right. And, and and that's mostly what we're seeing here. And one of the lunches typically here is a Wednesday as often as to blueberry muffin fun lunch. So she'll opt. She gets a choice. Do you want home? Do you want school? And she'll choose the school lunch for the muffin fun lunch. Uh, they have fruit. And my kid, she, she hasn't met a fruit she doesn't like, which I, I, I like that idea. So it's a whole food. As opposed to a processed food, so I'm I'm pleased about that part. But I also recognize that you're still it's it's you're not mainlining sugar, you're just ingesting sugar. But that's that's another issue. All right, let's move on to the purpose of today's show because we could turn nutrition into an entire episode, and in fact, I have. Uh, I've got two podcasts uh, which I will link to uh, on today's show notes page, which is culinarylibertarian.com/slash twenty nine. There is a conversation with Kyle Mamonis, who is a biochemist. We talk about sugar and fat in the diet. And I talked to Luke Tatum at uh, Culture of Peace about the food pyramid and the horrors that it brings. So you're right about that. It's, it's way wrong. Uh, when you come home from work, you've got, say, oh, 30 minutes or some window 
of time to get food on the table before moods change and hangry starts to sit in. Now, I know not all meals can be, and, and probably really even shouldn't be, 30-minute meals, but if, if that's what's happening today or tomorrow when you come home from work, what is your, what is your process? What is your mindset? How do you, how do you prepare yourself for success on a 30-minute meal day? Well, I usually have him in his chair ready to eat something as soon as we come through the door because there's that gap between snack time at daycare and then, you know, coming home and eat, eat. I want to eat, you know. <laughs> so uh, I reach for like a, a mozzarella cheese stick, grapes, uh, a cutie, you know, or, or some sort of orange or fruit, banana, uh, just to hold him over while I'm cooking. And that gives me some time to like prep. <laughs> the food. So while he's in his chair, you know, occupied and, and eating and, um, I, I start preparing our meals for the, for dinner. And then he'll usually have dinner with us later again. So the, the age is kind of a problem because there's, there's a, a tolerance of pickiness that goes with being a toddler versus a 12 year old. Um, but at that age, would you say your son's a picky eater? Yes, already. Uh, everything's no. I'm so sorry. Everything's no. <laughs> this morning he finished half of his strawberries and oatmeal and he was like, no, I'm done. I'm done. So, yeah. <laughs> there are some days where like he just he just wants peanut butter from the jar. No, I'm all yeah, that's so I'm okay with that. I like that. I've been doing that for years. So, obviously so he can chew. He's got teeth. Knowing that there's this fickle audience does that affect your decision making for dinner? This is an unfair question because the answer, of course, it does. So the question really is: Does it affect your cooking decisions every single day, or are there some days where you get what you get and you just have to learn to sort of branch out? Yeah, there. I mean, there are definitely days where it's just like, okay, let's just go through the drive-through and get you like some chicken of some sort. <laughs> and like, those are the, the, the worst days, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, like he'll, he'll eat what he chooses to eat on certain days. And you know, you, there are days you just want to get food in him <laughs> regardless. So, um, like, yeah, anything with chicken, like my meal planning, you know, right now he's all about chicken. So we're kind of like on a chicken kick. I've got two, one twelve and one seven today, and the 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 twelve and they're just they're, they're so amazing. And I don't remember too much really about my. I have no way to know what was my parents' struggle when we were kids. I know that when we were in high school. You put food on the table, and if you didn't get it the first time around, you're not getting any because it was like piranha in the feeding time. It just food was just gone. But we were, you know high schoolers in sports and band and everything so it was it just disappeared my 12 year old is really really picky and the seven year old can be no. hi there there he is that's okay so now we have the toddler here when you're making your menu planning obviously we're talking about chicken um so some of the things that I'm not opposed to chicken fingers. What I'm opposed to is buying the stuff in the grocer's freezer. Right. So 
I will, I will make my own chicken fingers and just slice them, put them in buttermilk, put them in breadcrumbs. And I know that for me, being stay home dad, that's kind of easy. I, that I can do quickly. And some of the menu planning things I can do, I do spend time during the day. And this is where I think people who are coming home from work are facing with a real challenge. Like, okay, beef stroganoff is actually fairly easy to do if you've got all the ingredients. But now, if you've got to cut the meat and cut the onions, and if you're going to do mushrooms, and you've got to find the flour and make the roux, and it becomes a bit of a process. Have you have you established some ideas on how to make success happen for meals that do require a little bit more effort? Do you prep today for tomorrow? Yes. Uh, sometimes I'll I'll just put it in containers while he's eating for tomorrow and then just pull it out of the fridge the next day. Or while he's eating, I'll be chopping. Uh, it's usually the time when I'm chopping when he's having his snack after work. Um, so that buys me a little bit of time. <laughs> but, you know, there's a, those moments where you're cooking and then he's done and then he's like, oh, I'm you know just going to push you away or pull you over here. And like he's getting to where, you know, like undivided attention all on me right now. <laughs> yes, yes. And and as a boy, we'll, we're going to get soon to the point probably of feats of strength and without probably not an entire understanding of, of boundaries and barriers and the kitchen is not a place for playing. Yeah, and I remember the... <laughs> Amber, let's take a moment out for a word from one of my affiliates. Food, adventure, and so much fun. That's the promise of Kidster's Happy Cooking Kits, and one that delivers each and every month. Each kit focuses on seasonal ingredients and special occasions, teaching kids from ages 5 to 10 essential kitchen skills along the way. Along with three special recipes, your child will also receive two cooking tools they can use when making the recipes, and... Kidster will help the parents with all the planning. Parents will receive an email shopping list before the box arrives. Families love cooking up new memories with Kidster, and you will too. You can purchase boxes month by month, or you can subscribe for 3, 6, or 12-month options, and the price does go down per box as you have a longer subscription. Get your kids started in the right kitchen direction with Kidster. Use my affiliate link culinarylibertarian.com slash kids to sign up today. Culinarylibertarian.com slash kids. I remember. Wow. Yeah, like, I look forward to the days where, like, he's, you know, just in the bath, entertaining himself and old enough to do that. Or, <laughs> yeah. It comes, and 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 the the amazing thing is, turn around twice, and it's going to be there. And you're going to say, "How? What happened? Where did it all go?" It it just it does it goes so fast. It's astonishing. Let's talk for a minute about about your prep. Since I don't have any way to measure this, having spent my life in food, I'm I mean, I, my home kitchen, of course, and your home kitchen, almost certainly, like every other home kitchen I've ever been in, is, is lacking so many things compared to a professional kitchen. Um, so the obvious ones are lots and lots of burners and ovens and pans and stainless steel bowls and prep space. And it's just, we don't have this at home. 
how how do you negotiate and overcome these space and storage container and stainless steel bowl or whatever? I mean, there's there's got to be challenges. And have you found some successes in dealing with these problems? Yes, I use the heck out of my Pyrex uh, containers, for, especially like for breakfast prep. Like if I'm going to work, I'll make my eggs like they're good for three days and then they're trash. Uh, but I'll scramble some eggs for my protein for my breakfast prep and have those for three days in the fridge. And then, um, of course, leftovers for my lunch at work. Um, so that helps. Um, so every dinner is always going to be my lunch the next day. Right. And that was something I talked about uh, in, a, in a recent podcast was even I think experienced cooks can can benefit from thinking ahead a little bit. And if you're making, I don't know, well, pork chops and mushrooms or chicken breasts and broccoli rob or something, thinking about adding one more portion to the pan to know that that's going to be lunch for tomorrow. One, you've, you're not buying lunch. You know, some in some jobs, an hour's wage is spent just on lunch. I think, well, I can do better than that. I mean, this doesn't make any sense. That's not a, to me. That's not a reasonable trade. But that aside, taking food from home is going to be a lot better than what you buy somewhere else because you made it and you like it. But it's also, I think, a way to make time work for you when you're doing the cooking. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, luckily we have a nice little area to heat up food at work and you know not everyone has that like some people work like outdoors or you know um (laughs) yeah it helps um just prepping for the next day and my breakfast like being low carb like you know beef sticks I don't limit myself to you know like the traditional breakfast so sometimes for breakfast I'll have a beef stick and you know because of that I don't really don't get hungry for a while let me ask you about um the keto-ish diet and infants. And I don't know anything about this. I'm probably guessing that there's more than a little bit of research and information and opinion about the uh, either benefits or drawbacks of a protein-heavy diet for kids. But we already know since you've you've talked about feeding uh, grapes and bananas and strawberries, so obviously he's getting um, some, some whole food fruits. Is there something we should be, not we, but maybe parents, that we should be knowing what to look for for feeding a protein heavy diet to our children? Well, he, he's carbalicious. Like he just will eat all, he will eat all the carbs and, you know, he's supposed to, he's, he's young and developing and, you know, but for me, it's probably going to make me look really bloated in the morning, you know? So of course I, I give him you know, all the fruits and veggies that I wouldn't normally consume. Um, he needs those. He's growing and he needs all that, you know, the vitamins and the things that they provide. So um, I don't really restrict him there, but we're not we're not consuming like packaged frozen, you know, kitty TV dinners either, you know. And that's the part that I would be concerned about with you know, young nutrition. There is a real challenge that I know parents face with getting food on the plate and making the food yourself. And there, there's just rows and rows of frozen things that 
offer a convenience that, frankly, I understand is is really helpful. It's just like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine doing these things. I mean, I, you know, if you like uh, making your own crust to make your own pot pie, well, making pot pie filling does take a little bit of time because there's a lot of cutting and a lot of cooking, or even breading chicken fingers or making your own chicken patties or grinding your own meat to make hamburgers and or make meatballs or make meatloaf or, you know, if you're making something that's not just a 30-minute meal because meatloaf takes longer than that to, to cook or mashed potatoes, baked potatoes, which is, <laughs> you're not going to have that, but you know, trying to, you know, thinking about what's a reasonable expectation, I, I get the appeal of the bag of chicken fingers. But when I read the list of ingredients of things that I can't grow, pick, or pronounce, I, I, I just, I can't do it. Yes, and that's what I tell my mother. She has um, some intestinal issues, and so she, I'm like, just keep it simple. You know, eat, eat your veggies and your fruits and, like, your meats, and you're okay. Just, just don't go for the plastic. Right. Who doesn't really love a chicken finger? Well... Everyone does. We make, I make them here and it's just a simple slice, slice of chicken breast, put them in uh, buttermilk for a little while, a little while, 15 minutes, uh, and then just pop them into one at a time into the um, breadcrumbs. And I, I admit I do sometimes buy the commercial breadcrumbs, but when, so I make my own bread. When that goes bad, I turn that into breadcrumbs and put it back in the cans. So I'll go out, have a fire outside and f- it's fried food, but I have a lot more confidence in the quality of the ingredients than I do in the thing in the bag. I'm, I'd much rather them eat fingers, chicken fingers that I made. Uh, I just developed a recipe for chicken patties, which doesn't have all the same unpronounceable, unpickable, and never out of season ingredients. And they like a chicken patty. So I'll give them something that I've made that's chicken and egg and some breadcrumbs and some salt. And it's, I'm, I'm okay with that. And I, I, I suspect probably there are people who maybe they don't have a food grinder. So that's not an easy solution. So I'm, and if you have an insight into how to fix that problem, I'm certainly willing to hear it. But I, for myself, I don't know how to bridge that gap where there is a, an, an appliance deficit. How do, how does somebody overcome that? And that's something I don't know. Uh, I think with kids, it's, you know, they're all about flavor and, you know, like there's a difference between mac and cheese and then, you know, like you bringing home chicken and, you know, putting, you know, fresh cheese on there uh, versus like the, you know, the prepackaged, you know, all the unpronounceable things, you know, um, but, you, you know, like kids love cheese, kids love flavor, like my son will he's he shocks me because he'll eat like the spiciest foods uh, <laughs> <laughs> he he loves a beef jerky and like some dry rub wings you know with you know cajun spice wow like he's all about it and i was never like that as a child so maybe he's an oddity that way i don't know well it may it'll be fun in 10 years to see how he pushes you in the spicy and flavor department. <laughs> Correct, yes. <laughs> so you'll have to add some uh, some real gumbo to your menu and see how he likes that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Dinner time's done. Everyone's fed. And if this was a day of all prepping and all cooking, you get up from the table, turn around, and holy moly, there's all this stuff. What a mess. 
people have complained to me that one of the prime reasons they don't like cooking is they don't like cleaning. Well, I, I think probably fairly safe to say that nobody likes cleaning. Everybody likes a clean-looking counter. You may not necessarily want to go through the steps to get there. Have you found some tips or tricks to make the cleanup part just a little more tolerable? Yes. Um, a few months ago, I started, um, I just went to the store and got like a bunch of washcloths and <clears throat> two wire baskets for my, my counter space. And one's the clean and one's the dirty. So like come laundry time, I just, I just do those with the laundry and uh, it's made things so much better. Uh, like I'll take a clean uh, wash towel and just wet it and, you know, wipe down everything, throw it in the dirty pile uh, and then repeat because we go through so many baby wipes and paper towels and they're actually more absorbent for him and like all of the mess he gets on his face and his hands. <laughs> so that helps a lot. And I, I also use, a, you know, like I think back to Rachel Ray when she, she always has like her garbage bowl, like when she cooks. <laughs> so like I put all of my, you know, onion peelings and like all the the crap that goes in there, like all the food and everything just into one big bowl so I don't have them just everywhere. That helps. Um, and also just wiping things down. Like I make a bigger mess than he does sometimes when I'm cooking. So. Um, it, it definitely helps to have those towels ready to just wipe down everything and then throw them and do them in the regular laundry. Uh, so I'm not wasting so many baby wipes on everything or, you know, and I also use, um, a vinegar water solution to clean. It really cuts through all the grime that I get when I'm cooking. Uh, it's like half vinegar, half water, and then a drop of dish liquid, uh, and I just like ordered a spray bottle for that and that really helps. And it's, you know, safer for him to be around that. You know, I don't want him eating off a tray that has had Clorox wipes all over it or, you know, something like that. Um, contaminating his food. Well, that's a good idea because the, the, the bleach thing is a real concern. And so vinegar doesn't taste good, but at least it's, it's not inedible, not a poison. Yeah. I didn't, I, I never really watched, her show, Rachel's show, but one of the tricks you learn in the restaurant business is when you have a prep station, almost always your prep station is much smaller than you need it to be. So you've got to find some ways around. And one of the workarounds is you have a little container there for all of your stuff. Now, you know, it's this little junk bin. Uh, there, we would go throw it away. Here, uh, if it's, uh, if it's, if it's meat, that goes in the bin um, or, the, or, the, or the trash. But of all vegetable stuff, I'm composting. Do you have a garden? Are you, are you allowed to compost where you live? I don't know if there are local rules about that. I could. I actually live right next to a river. It's in my backyard. So, like, we have tons of wildlife out there. I don't think wow. How nice. I don't, think, I don't think it would be a problem, but... Um, our city doesn't even recycle. So like that's discouraging to me here, but uh, yeah. So it's kind of a, like a more rural uh, small town just off of a, a bigger city. And 
uh, I think they're catching up to <laughs> a lot of things. So there's not even a lot of uh, great shopping available where I am. So I have to go about 30 minutes south to do that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds kind of that sounds like rural Michigan too, where I lived as a in high school. It's just every every <laughs> everything's measured in distance of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's kind of what I was looking for. And I, I do, since I'm a cooking show, I, I do have a small series of questions. And if you've ever watched uh, Inside the Actors Studio with James Lipton, uh, this is similar to that. Very simple, kind of a little bit of fun. So I think you're going to enjoy it. Of the five flavors, sweet, salty, bitter, sour, and umami, which one do you enjoy the most? Oh, I think salty, now that I'm getting older, especially. I've gotten away from my sweet tooth a little bit. <laughs> I tend to crave salt a lot more. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm... With age, my sweet tooth hasn't diminished a bit, but I'm appreciating salt more. But what is your favorite food? Oh, well, um, cheeseburgers. <laughs> And with a bun and with a side of fries, but you know, <laughs> if if I could have it all. Well, this is like, of course, absolutely, absolutely. What's your least favorite food? Who? Um, probably carrots, like on their own. I think <laughs> kind of flavorless. It's interesting. My my wife and my daughter hate cooked carrots. They say they like them raw, but I haven't seen much evidence of that. What gets you excited? Oh, wow. Creativity. Yeah. And photography. I, I'm learning. So I'm new and, you know, I've always been a creative person. I just don't think I realized it until recently. So. What turns you off? <laughs> uh, Hendrix had a chime in there. Um, probably I'm just hard on myself. Like progress. I want to progress, you know, like I, I took a year off since kindergarten and school. Like I have a doctorate degree in education and not like I'm just, I push myself harder than any, anyone. So I probably would say like my drive because it's like a, you know, I'm hard on myself, but then I need to relax. So like that part. Um, yeah. So just like finding the time to relax. We all need more time. <laughs> Well, you're, you're talking to an old world cook, so I understand entirely that problem. Uh, I feel like I know the answer to this. I'm going to ask anyway, what sound do you love? Oh, my son. Yeah. Saying mommy. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Now, I, I, I got the, the source right, the sound wrong. I was going to guess that your son's laughter, but I think yours is a better answer. What sound do you hate? That's a that's a hard one. I, it's not something I think about a lot. As a teacher, probably uh, <laughs> a classroom for those full of like really loud kids, <laughs> or or being interrupted when you're instructing. Like that's you know, but you have to. That's something. That's part of the job. You know, you have to roll with it. That doesn't mean you have to like it. No, you have to correct it and you know guide them to better choices. <laughs> And the last one, what is your favorite food indulgence? I do love lasagna so much. <laughs> but, you know, the carb count, you know, I can't really do that uh, very often. So, you know, I'm not, like, 
completely wiping out carbs. I do indulge now and then. I think that's, you know, part of a happy life. Uh, it's just not, you know, moderation, of course. Okay. Well, thank you for participating in my fun little survey. How can people find you or find your blog and learn more about your journey? I'm at lowcarbquick.com, and you can learn about me there. Uh, post recipes probably three times, four times a week at this point. Um, so, yeah, I'm there. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, although I'm not really that active there. Uh, more on the Facebook and just lowcarbquick.com. Does lowcarbquick.com have a Facebook page, or is it just you? Yes, it's uh, facebook.com slash lowcarbquick. Okay, well, I will put links to both of those on today's show notes page, which, again, is culinarylibertarian.com slash 29. And thank you very much, Amber. I appreciate your time this morning or afternoon. <laughs> We're not the same, so. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Well, this my first podcast. <laughs> Well, you did great, and this is the this is the the benefit of being the first to answer. So, you, if nothing else, there is a teaching moment for the kids to illustrate. Hey, even if you're, I'm not, I don't know if you're afraid, but the, but there is a reasonable timidity to being first in a thing. But dive in, and good things can happen. Absolutely, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, folks, that's going to do it. You heard me talking with Amber about prep. Now, I'm a big fan of stainless steel bowls, and I have a whole pile of them. A Best Kitchen has a giant selection of cook's tools, including stainless steel bowls and equipment, as well as pizza and bar supplies and knives. They have an excellent selection and excellent prices, and if you have any questions, you can call them. Yes, on the phone. They'll answer. They offer dedicated customer support, personalized service, and fast order fulfillment. Click over with my affiliate link to A Best Kitchen at culinarylibertarian.com slash cook tools. That's culinarylibertarian.com slash cook tools. Free shipping on orders starting at $49. See the website for details, culinarylibertarian.com slash cook tools. <laughs>